Welcome to A Great Big City News, episode 29. Today, the Stonewall Uprising and a Bigfoot Blimp. If you're an individual listener who would like to support the podcast, visit agreatbigcity.com support and make a one-time or monthly contribution. Or if you're a local business or just someone with something to promote, visit agreatbigcity.com advertising to view rates and learn more about our single episode community calendar ads and the multiple types of monthly ads available. I am Trace Gilton, founder of A Great Big City. Today we've got some updates on the Midtown helicopter crash and a more lighthearted story of another crash that happened in a nearby part of the city. In a preliminary report, the NTSB has released details this week on the June 10th crash of a helicopter atop the AXA Equities Building in Midtown. Confirming previous details, the report states that the final leg of the helicopter's flight that day was headed toward an airport in Linden, New Jersey. In new details, the helicopter had originally arrived at the 34th Street helipad around 11.30 a.m. under the control of a passenger who was also rated as a pilot. That pilot then departed, and Tim McCormack, the pilot who crashed and was killed, waited in the lounge at the helipad for two hours while checking the weather conditions, and remarked that he had a 20-minute window to make it out of the city, presumably referring to the incoming foul weather that would have disqualified him from flying, since he was only licensed to fly in fair weather and under visual flight rules, and was not able to fly the helicopter using only the instruments. The NTSB also confirms that video seen of a helicopter diving wildly over the East River was indeed the crashed aircraft in the moments before it crossed over Manhattan and hit the Midtown skyscraper. Although some debris was recovered at street level, thankfully most components of the aircraft were confined to the roof of the building and did not crash to the pavement below, as they did during the crash atop the Pan Am building near Grand Central Terminal, where a piece of the helicopter's blade crashed to the ground one block away from the building. This NTSB report does little more than confirm details speculated about during the initial days after the crash, and reinforces the fact that this was indeed a pilot who decided to take off in foul weather, lost his sense of direction due to his lack of training, and endangered millions of people below in the process. New measles cases continue to decrease as the city's outbreak continues. In the latest data, there have been just 16 new cases reported in June 2019, down from highs in March and April of around 170 new cases per month. Combined with the outbreak in Rockland County, New York State continues to make up the largest percentage of the nationwide total, which, at 1,077 cases, has now surpassed numbers last seen 27 years ago and has become the largest outbreak since the disease was declared eliminated in the year 2000. As a comparison, there were only 86 cases of measles reported nationwide in 2016. 50 years ago on June 28, 1969. Tensions between police and the gay community boil over into a revolt during an overnight raid on the Stonewall Inn. The gay community had suffered under repeated police raids, but during one night raid at the Stonewall, clubgoers refused to disperse and protested the actions of the police against one of the only clubs that would accept them. The uprising at the Stonewall Inn began as clubgoers stood up against the repeated raids and undercover police sting operations targeting gay clubs, and a movement grew from those first days of fighting that formed the modern movement for LGBT rights. 
The Stonewall Riots marked a turning point in the fight for gay rights, and on the one-year anniversary of the riots, the first LGBT Pride March in history took place from Christopher Street to Central Park with simultaneous parades in Los Angeles and Chicago. NYPD Commissioner O'Neill made a public statement on June 6 this year formally apologizing for the actions of the NYPD in 1969, and the NYPD has formed the Pride Security Task Force to work with community leaders to plan for the estimated 3 million visitors expected as New York serves as this year's host for World Pride events. View the link in the show notes for the full schedule of World Pride events during June and plan for the Pride Parade coming up on June 30th. The parade will step off at Madison Square Park, march down 5th Avenue and across to Stonewall, and then north up 7th Avenue to end at 23rd Street. 36 years ago, on June 28, 1983, eight men are arrested in a gold heist from Inca Industries in the Bronx. The suspects claimed to be part of a large burglary ring, but were unaware they were being monitored by the FBI, who observed the suspects drive to Inca Industries at 4110 Furman Avenue in Woodlong in the Bronx, disable the alarm system, and spend several hours inside finally emerging with 11 duffel bags packed full of hundreds of pounds of gold and silver. FBI agents followed their vehicles back to Yonkers and Paramus, New Jersey, and arrested the eight men, who ranged in age from 36 to 62 years old. The jewelry manufacturing plant had also been robbed of $100,000 four months earlier by thieves who had also bypassed the security system. Two years ago, on June 30, 2017, a former employee opens fire at Bronx Lebanon Hospital, killing one person and wounding six. Dr. Henry Bellow had previously worked at the hospital and had been forced to resign two years prior amid sexual harassment allegations, after which he reportedly vowed to come back and kill his co-workers. All the victims seemed to be randomly targeted, with a doctor at the scene claiming that Bellow was searching for a specific worker at the hospital who he had previously threatened. Bellow died after barricading himself inside the hospital and turning the gun on himself. Dr. Tracy Tam was killed in the attack while filling in for a colleague and had never even met the killer before, having joined the hospital after he was forced to resign. She was described as selfless, hardworking and dedicated, and has been honored with the Tracy Tam Memorial Alumni Award for Compassion at the Touro College of Osteopathic Medicine in Midtown, where she had received her doctorate in 2013. As of April 2019, a lawsuit was still in progress where Justin Temperio, who was shot and injured in the attack, is suing Bronx Lebanon over security lapses that potentially allowed Bello to enter the hospital, possibly using an expired access card. It's important to respect your elders, so a great big city extends a happy 100th birthday to the New York Daily News, first published on June 26, 1919. Then known as the Illustrated Daily News, it was a new paper unrelated to the previous New York Daily News that was published from 1855 to 1906. The Daily News became popular with riders of the subway, as the smaller size of the paper was easier to manage on crowded trains. It was founded by a co-publisher of the Chicago Tribune and was based on the format of the London tabloid, The Daily Mirror. The famous red icon of The Daily News may look cryptic today, but it's a stylized version of the original logo, a folding film camera with a wired remote curling around to the side. 
The dedication of the Daily News to being a paper focused on photography would continue into the era of television when the company founded a local television station broadcasting on Channel 11 using a clever nickname for photos, Pix, spelled W-P-I-X for Pix 11 TV. Thirty-three years ago, on July 3rd, 1986, the opening ceremony of Liberty Weekend begins four days of celebrations around the Statue of Liberty's 100th anniversary and reopening after an extensive renovation. There were multiple musical events, a parade of ships, a blimp race, and the relighting of the Statue of Liberty's torch after two years of renovation work. Many major performers and conductors were featured in concerts across the New York City area, including a night concert on July 5th in Central Park that attracted 800,000 attendees, becoming one of the largest audiences in history. The blimp race above the Hudson would be replicated 25 years later, in 2011, to coincide with the 125th anniversary of the Statue of Liberty. View the link in the show notes to see photos of the blimps that participated in that race. We've been talking about the helicopter that crashed into Midtown this year, but 26 years ago, on July 3, 1993, a much gentler crash occurred when the Pizza Hut blimp crashed into 410 West 53rd Street. An eyewitness described the 165-foot blimp deflating and dropping ballast sandbags as it attempted to avoid sinking down onto the buildings. I was on 48th Street. It was up in the air. All of a sudden, it exploded. Big air started coming out of the balloon. It started to fall back. Didn't know where it was going. They were throwing sandbags out down on the street and all kinds of things. And I ran following it to this building. They tried to land it in the school, but it didn't happen. And the pilot landed on top of the building, and the rest of the balloon came off to the side. Pretty wild. The Pizza Hut blimp was advertising their new Bigfoot pizza and had just arrived in the city following the Hudson River and was to be part of the July 4th fireworks celebration. It seemed that a tear in the skin had brought down the blimp and left it draped across the front of the building. No damage was reported during its last inspection before flying that day from Boston to New York, and both the pilot, Lee Cermak, and co-pilot Pat Russell survived the crash. Officials theorized that a piece of the tail assembly had broken off and punctured the blimp. Thankfully, the only casualties were a few cars crushed by falling sandbags that the blimp dropped as it came down. We can't promise you a 4th of July blimp, but this year's 4th of July fireworks will be launched from the Brooklyn Bridge and not just from barges in the river. It's another year where Brooklynites get the best view with the display taking place over the East River. The celebration will begin at 9.20 p.m., last 25 minutes, and be broadcast nationally on NBC stations. Bring along your transistor radio and hear a synchronized soundtrack broadcast on 1010 Winds. The Great Big City has been running a 24-hour news feed since 2010, but the AGBC News Podcast is just getting started and we need your support. A Great Big City is built on a dedication to explaining what's happening and how it fits into the larger history of New York. 
which means thoroughly researching every topic and avoiding clickbait headlines to provide a straightforward, honest, and factual explanation of the news. Individuals can make a monthly or one-time contribution at agreatbigcity.com support. And local businesses can have a lasting impact by supporting local news while promoting their products or services directly to interested customers listening to this podcast. Visit agreatbigcity.com advertising to view rates and learn more. Park of the Day The Park Avenue Malls along Park Avenue from 34th Street to 97th Street. There are three sections to the Park Avenue Malls, one beginning at 34th Street, one beginning at 46th Street, and another at 59th Street. The 59th Street section begins just across the street from the second section, but it was completed two years later. It's the longest section, stretching from 59th to 97th, adding a bit of green in between north and southbound lanes of Park Avenue. At the northernmost tip of the malls, train tracks re-emerge between Park Avenue and take trains north out of Grand Central Terminal. In a unique partnership, the Fund for Park Avenue maintains the public malls, arranging spring plantings, sculpture installations, and a display of lighted Christmas trees. In Parks Events, this Sunday, June 30th, you can gain access to normally closed-off areas of Freshkills Park on Staten Island. The former landfill has been capped over and is being converted to one of the largest park's properties. You can bring your bikes to ride on the bike path, walk along through the park, or just birdwatch. Meet at the park entrance at 350 Wild Avenue in Staten Island and call 212-602-5372 for more info. Now let's see where our robot friend will be floating off to this weekend on the concert calendar. This is the AGBC concert calendar for the upcoming week. Ladyland Festival featuring Alex, Bottoms, Claire 3000 and more is coming to the Brooklyn Mirage on Friday, June 28th. Screaming Females and Swearin are playing the Industry City Courtyard on Friday, June 28th. Asteroid and Infinity Shred are playing St. Vitus Bar on Friday, June 28th. Liz Fair, Carolyn Rose, and Ted Leo and the Pharmacists are playing the Prospect Park Ben Shell on Saturday, June 29th. Reckless Eric is playing Union Pool on Sunday, June 30th. Lithics and the Ones are playing Union Pool on Sunday, June 30th. NYC Pride Island is coming to Pier 97 along the Hudson River Greenway at 57th Street on Sunday, June 30th at 2 p.m. Black Label Society is playing the Bowery Ballroom on Sunday, June 30th at 6 p.m. Waco is playing Irving Plaza on Sunday, June 30th at 7 p.m. Phony People is playing the Mercury Lounge on Sunday, June 30th at 7 p.m. Hillsong United, Amanda Cook, and Mac Brock are playing Madison Square Garden on Tuesday, July 2nd at 7 p.m. New Kids on the Block with Salt and Pepper, Naughty by Nature, Debbie Gibson, and Tiffany are playing the Prudential Center on Tuesday, July 2nd at 7 p.m. Anne Berlin is playing Irving Plaza on Saturday, July 6th at 7 p.m. 
Churches and Charlie Bliss are playing Radio City Music Hall on Thursday, July 11th. David Allen Co. is playing Sony Hall on Tuesday, July 16th. And Carly Rae Jepsen and Manchinier are playing the Hammerstein Ballroom on Wednesday, July 17th. Thanks for listening. Find more fun things to do at agreatbigcity.com slash events. Here's something you may not have known about New York. In June 2018, city bike riders took an average of 65,098 rides per day, with each bike making around 6.2 trips per day. Extreme highs and lows for this week in weather history? A record high of 103 degrees on July 3, 1966, and a record low of 52 degrees on June 29, 1888. Weather for the week ahead, light rain tomorrow through next Friday, with highs in the 80s and 90s forecast throughout the week. Thanks for listening to A Great Big City. Follow along 24 hours a day on social media at A Great Big City, or email contact at A Great Big City with any news, feedback, or topic suggestions. Subscribe to A Great Big City News wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, Pocket Casts, or listen to each episode on the podcast pages at agreatbigcity.com slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening, and visit our podcast site to see show notes and extra links for each episode. Our intro music is Start the Day by Lee Rosevear, and the concert calendar music is from jukedeck.com. Thanks for being part of a great big city. 